You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 225, Leadership Lessons from the Apostle Paul. You know, one of the great leaders of all time was the Apostle Paul. And I'm not talking about just a Bible leader. I'm talking about one of the truly great leaders throughout all of history was the Apostle Paul. And let me explain why I believe that's the case. He is probably the single most important figure in the first 30 years or so of early Christianity. He's the guy who, at least the guy that we have the writings about, who took Christianity, took the following, uh, the teachings of Jesus, but more than that, the, uh, the understanding that we could have new life through Jesus because he was raised from the dead, and he took that law, that, that, that gospel, that message, and transported it all over the Roman Empire. Uh, it was the Apostle Paul who, uh, not just by himself, but with, with others, but really more than anybody else, the guy who made popular this understanding that Christianity was separate from Judaism. Uh, Judaism believed very strongly in following the law for males being circumcised, for keeping the dietary laws, for so many other things that uh, really non-Jewish people had no desire to keep. They might be attracted to the Jewish faith, but they didn't want to convert all the way to Judaism. And it was Paul who understood more than anybody else, and he articulates this in his writings, that um, really following Jesus, coming to faith in Jesus is just that. It's through faith alone. Not by keeping the works of the law, but by faith alone. So I'm going to dig in to this episode and the next couple of episodes probably and talk about um, the leadership uh, elements that we see in Paul's life and ministry. But do not go away. Um, We're going to jump right back in and talk about Paul's leadership in just a minute. But I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Peter and Paul in Acts. This is a study of the Acts of the Apostles. But what we do in this study is we focus on the Apostle Peter and the Apostle Paul. The way the, the, the Acts of the Apostles breaks down is... The first half of the book is really focused on Simon Peter's ministry, uh, mostly to Jewish folks, but he was also the guy who, the, for the first time, that, that preached the gospel to a non, uh, 
Jewish audience for the, the centurion Cornelius, and we see that in Acts 10. And so the first half of the book is devoted to him. And then the second half of the book focuses on Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul the Apostle. And um, we see him working with others in taking the message of the gospel throughout the Roman Empire. So that's what this, this book is about. It breaks down their apostolic ministries. It looks at how they did ministry and uh, really digs into the spread of early Christianity um, in the first century. So check out Peter and Paul and Acts. This is a great, great addition to your bookshelf. But more than that, it's one that's going to help you with your Bible study as you dig into what I think is the most exciting book in the New Testament, and that's the Acts of the Apostles. Well, all right, let's jump right back in. We're talking about um, leadership lessons from the Apostle Paul. And the one that I want to talk about today, the one that I want to touch on, is, is probably one that is often overlooked when we're talking about the Apostle Paul. Most people will acknowledge that he was a great leader. There's no doubt about it. You don't accomplish what he accomplished without being a great leader. But this first element that I want to touch on, really, I think, um, can easily be overlooked if we're not careful. And that's this. He knew how to build a solid team. I think sometimes if we just uh, make a cursory glance uh, of the New Testament through, the, through Acts and then through Paul's own letters, it's, it's easy to just kind of assume that Paul was the man and kind of handled everything on his own. But you know, really, that could not be further from the truth. Paul was surrounded by quality people. And when I say surrounded by, it's because he, in many cases, found these people and, and, and used them, created leaders, uh, trained them, developed them, and then used them and let them help him um, spread the message of the gospel throughout the world. So how did Paul do this? Well, first of all, I think he, it's important to note that he had an inner team and an outer team, an inner core and an outer core. Um, those on his, his closest, those of his closest workers um, originally or, or initially was uh, Barnabas. He and Barnabas went on the first missionary journey together and planted churches all over um, Asia Minor. Um, they really had an impact in, in the Mediterranean area. And uh, eventually he and Barnabas parted ways and it became Silas. And Silas was his traveling companion for the second missionary journey. Um, we also see in those two, we see ad additional uh, leaders that formed his core. We see uh, Timothy, who really became a trusted uh, companion for Paul. We see Priscilla and Aquila. We see Titus. We see Luke, uh, the beloved physician, physician Paul calls him, as being a part of this, this inner core. But then we also see the, the outer core. Um, we see men, uh, John Mark. Uh, we know that he and, and Paul had a falling out, but later on they uh, were working together again. We see uh, a man named Demas that Paul refers to a number of times. Uh, we see a man named uh, Epaphras. We see 
another man named Aristarchus. And we could go on and on mentioning these other names who appear to be um, on the outer core of Paul's team. It wasn't that they uh, weren't part of the team, they just weren't part of the inner circle, but yet they still traveled with Paul, they served him, they served the churches, and they served a very, very important function on his team. Now let's touch on this inner team for a minute because, you know, as a leader, every leader needs to have people um, that he's close to or that she is close to. Uh, uh, if, if you're the senior leader um, of your church, the senior pastor, you should have an executive team, at least two or three people that um, uh, form this team that you can confide in, that you can talk to, and that help help you make decisions and help you really do the work. If you're um, you know, the president of your company, you should have some trusted VPs that, that help you. Whatever your arena is, you need to have people in your inner sphere that, that are going to help you get to the next level. Now, let's just touch on a, a, a couple of these. I mentioned Priscilla and Aquila. Um, these, these guys hook up in Corinth. Uh, they're Jews. They have the same trade that Paul does. Uh, they work with leather. Some people would say they're tent makers. But, but either way, they have the same trade that Paul did, and they began to work together, not just in the, their jobs, but also in the ministry. And it says in, um, in Acts that they were actually uh, on, on Paul's, between Paul's second and third missionary journeys when he was uh, going back to uh, Palestine. He took them and actually um, dropped them off in Ephesus so that they could begin to lay the groundwork for the church that would be planted in Ephesus on Paul's third missionary journey. This is a huge, huge role, and yet these were the two people that Paul entrusted to do this. We mentioned Timothy. Uh, Timothy had a very key role. He was um, sent to Corinth to, to sort out some issues in Corinth. Paul trusted his, his wisdom. He trusted his leadership. Um, he, was, uh, he, he had a ministry with uh, Silas in, in Thessalonica after Paul had to leave. Um, so, so Timothy was a very key, key person, and, and you know, really he became um, probably, in, in, in our terminology today, he probably became the bishop of Ephesus overseeing all the churches there. That's when you read the first uh, letter to Timothy, that's the kind of letter that Paul's writing to him. He's writing to him um, not just as a local pastor, but as somebody who's overseeing churches. And Paul gives him some great insight on selecting leaders and dealing with false teaching and, and, and so many other really, really important things. So these are just a few. Um, one more we could mention is, uh, is Luke. Luke was part of this inner ring, and, and Paul used him um, even in a pastoral role. When Paul and, and Silas and some of the other team were, were forced to leave uh, Philippi after an uprising there, they had planted a church there. There was a baby church in, in the city of Philippi, and Paul shuddered to think what would happen if he left the church without leadership. So he left behind Dr. Luke to pastor the church at Philippi, and you find that story in um, Acts 16. So this was a very, very important role. We don't know how, he, how long he stayed there. We can speculate. It was probably a year or two, maybe more, but uh, he had a very, very important role in Paul's team. And, you know, what we see with Paul in building his team, we talked about the inner core and the outer core, but, you know, one of the things that he did that 
um, is very impressive. And this is really one of those things that all of us as leaders should strive for. Paul didn't just delegate tasks to team members. He delegated authority. You know, it's easy when we've got things that need to be done to look for the first warm body that we see and say, hey, listen, can you do this for me? And there's a place for that. Delegation is very, very important. And there's, there are plenty of times when we just need to get the work done and we need to delegate tasks out to, to certain people to get the, the, the job done. But when we can, it's so much better that instead of just delegating tasks, we delegate authority. And you see Paul doing this with his, especially his key leaders, his core team. He didn't just send them out and say, hey, go do these few things. He gave them authority to accomplish the task. And we see this especially with, with Timothy. Um, now again, read the first letter of Timothy and the second letter of Timothy. Um, he put him in, in, in place. He put him in position um, really to, to carry out the, the work that Paul wanted done, but he gave Timothy the, um, the authority to do it. Listen, this is, this is a, from uh, one of other Paul's other key players. One of his other core team members was a man named Titus. And listen to what Paul said. He, he, he actually um, had sent Titus to the island of Crete to oversee church planting there. And listen to what Paul says in this letter, this short three-chapter letter to Titus. He says, Titus, I left you on the island of Crete so that you could complete our work there and appoint elders in each town as I instructed you. Now, you know, it's easy to read over that verse and not really see, you know, a whole lot in it, but my gosh, did you hear what he told him? He said, look, I'm not going to do it, Titus. I'm busy doing other things. I need you to oversee the work. I need you to make sure the churches get planted. I need you to make sure the churches get established. And I need you to appoint elders, to appoint leaders, to appoint pastors in every city where we have a church. That is something else because it's so easy as leaders to want to hold on to the authority. Delegate the task, hold on to the authority. Not Paul. He released people and gave them authority to do the job. Was Titus going to do it exactly like Paul was, would have done it? Probably not, just because human nature, we're all different. But at the same time, Paul trusted him enough to know that whatever he did and however he accomplished the job, it was going to be fine. So listen, give authority, give authority, give authority. Release people, give them responsibility, and give them the authority to do the job. There's nothing worse than asking somebody to do a job and then looking over their shoulder while they're doing it. And I understand if it's a newer employee, there's a place for coaching. But we're talking about our core team here. We're, look, we're talking about our inner circle. Those that are in management with you, an assistant manager, an associate pastor, um, an assistant leader in your connect group, whatever, whatever it is, if you trust them, release authority and allow them to do the job. Check up on them. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't be looking over their shoulder. Delegate authority, not just task. Build a solid team. You know, when we read the, the book of Acts, when we read Paul's letters, 
we see about a hundred people that are associated with the Apostle Paul. That's a lot of people. Some were, were part of his inner circle. Some were part of his outer circle. Some were maybe just in, in one of the circles for a short time and then they moved on. That's fine. But Paul was connected with other people. He worked with other people. He um, built teams and he released them to do the work. So if I could challenge you to do one thing before we wrap it up, as you're reading through your New Testament, I want you to focus. If you want to do a fun study, go through Paul's letters, and I want you to look at each letter and look at the names that he throws out there. He usually gives some at the beginning of the letter, sometimes shout out Paul and Silas and Timothy, um, you know, writing this letter, whatever it is. Sometimes he'll mention names through in the middle of the letter. In Corinthians, he talks about um, Timothy and Titus and um, Thessalonians. He, he does the same thing. And then at the end of his letters, he usually gives some shout-outs as well, and he mentions some different people. But what I want you to do, instead of just skipping over that, I want you to go through his letters. There's just 13 of them. And just look at the names that Paul mentions and just see what he says about these people. Great, great place to start is Romans uh, 16, I believe it is. I mean, it's an entire chapter where he's greeting people in Rome and sending um, greetings to people in Rome. And look at what he says about the people that he works with. Well, now it's your turn. I'd love to hear from you. What are your thoughts on this important subject of building teams? And obviously, there's a whole lot more we could say about building teams. Um, but as we look at the Apostle Paul, these are some of the things that just kind of jump out um, to me about the way he, he used um, other people. And, and, and when you say that, it sounds bad. But that's if you're in management, essentially that's what we're all doing is we're working through other people. But Paul working with other people to accomplish the task and the vision that God had given him, um, it's a powerful story. So I encourage you to take a look at that. If I missed anything, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com. Leave a question or comment in the comment section for today's post. Um, while you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. Make sure you click on the link to uh, check out the resource highlight, Peter and Paul and Acts. And until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to continue building teams.